Welcome back to the Events for Entrepreneurs podcast, where we choose to cultivate deep relationships with our event attendees, clients, community, and yes, even ourselves. Because we know that truly impacting the world starts with relationships, not the balance of our bank accounts. I'm your host, Jen Murray, retreat planner and owner of Relate Escape. And I believe that events, like our lives and businesses, should be successful, fun, creative, and full of chocolate. Let's dig into today's episode. All right, guys, before we dive into this episode, I want to take a minute and just share some very exciting news with you. And that is the official Relate Escape store online is officially open for business. What? Okay, what is the store you're asking? So using my creative graphic design artistic skills, I have created unique designs on a platform called Redbubble, which is this amazing platform. You can have an online store and for every design that you upload, you can sell it on everything from greeting cards to stickers to magnets to mugs and water bottles to zipper pouches to iPhone skins and covers to pillows to tote bags to high quality canvas and framed artwork and everything in between which means this is the perfect platform for me to supply you with the ability to buy great and unique client gifts. So you can do everything from greeting cards to little gifts that you wanna send them when they're a new client or for the holidays or for something special for joining a program or a course, all kinds of items that you can coordinate and put together for a nice client giveaway. Uh, When we can do events again, this means that you have a place again to find unique and coordinated items for event swag and even venue decor. All of the designs, like I said, have been created by myself, so they're unique and I have created them specifically with you in mind. Where else, ladies and gentlemen, where else can you find cards and all those other products? with the word client used on it, right? Usually the big box stores were kind of stuck with that generic workplace business kind of thing. Now you have an option where there's designs that actually say client, you're an amazing client. I'm so you know grateful I'm working with you. I have you as a client, right? And so there's lots of options. Holiday, there's multi-use, there's client specific, there's invitations, all kinds of things. I'm gonna be adding a lot more to it, but this is the initial rollout. So to learn more, go to relateescape.com store and you will be amazed at what is. This is gonna transform your options when it comes to client gifts and relationships. And I'm super excited to offer this to you guys. And you're the first to know, the first to know. And it's just in time for the holidays and the shopping season and thinking about how you wanna up your gift game going into 2021. So that being said, super excited. But again, relateescape.com store. Definitely check it out. It is so worth it. Remember, every design comes in a variety of products, no matter how it shows up on that store page. All right, enough about that. Let's dive into today's episode. Greetings, a lady friend. Hope you are safe and well wherever you are listening to this podcast. Today we are going to be delving into the very real topic of value. 
I'm going to bring that word and how it's being used in the entrepreneurial space under the microscope a bit. And I need to be honest with you, this might be a difficult conversation, but I truly believe it's a very necessary one. And I think it's probably a topic on a lot of people's hearts and minds right now. And I think it's on our minds, both as entrepreneurs, so people who sell, and also as buyers, so entrepreneurs who buy from other businesses and entrepreneurs, right? Because we're both. Now, this episode builds a bit on the previous episode, episode 21, where I talked about our communities as online entrepreneurs. I spoke about us being very intentional in specific ways and how we define and cultivate our communities. And I also talked about how we can sell by serving. So if you haven't checked out that episode, you might want to go back and give it a listen because today I'm going to be building on top of that foundation a little bit. I want to dig more into about serving our clients and communities when it comes to value. Now by value, I mean what we're offering as entrepreneurs, how we're offering it, and how much we're pricing it for. The big question I want all of us, myself included, to honestly examine is, are we really, truly providing value to our clients? And I'm going to dig into this in Gen Style by challenging what value really means and how we're offering it as an entrepreneurial community. So what is you may be asking yourself the reason or the catalyst for me touching on this topic. And it's simply the higher price tag, right? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not against making money. I'm not against us charging what we're worth, particularly as females. We have long been long overdue and being able to be paid or charge what we're worth so that's not at all what i mean i'm not against us charging above a certain price what i am referring to by saying the higher price tag is the belief or norm in our space that we have that by adding specific things which i'm going to touch on here in a minute to a service or a program it just automatically justifies a higher price tag and I'm sure you might be thinking, well, okay, Jen, what's wrong, what's wrong with that? And my answer is nothing necessarily. However, if you're listening to this podcast, you are there's a good chance you're probably what I consider a really escape business, right? So we're about having profitable businesses, but also impacting the world more deeply on a very deep level by really, truly helping people. So when it comes to value like community, and as I talked about in the last episode, we need to kind of look at what we're doing through a different lens. We need to see through a different perspective because we're seeking a different outcome. And so in the spirit of that, today I want to zero in on three of these specific, I'm going to call them add-on items for lack of a better phrase. I don't know that that adequately uh, adequately describes it, but just these three things to examine if they're really truly serving our community and our clients. And the answer isn't going to be the same for everyone in every circumstance, but I want us to just generally speaking to start boldly asking the questions and answering them with honesty. Because as I've said before in other podcasts and places, the entrepreneurial space is its own culture. And sometimes when we're just engrossed in something, 
we can accept a uh, typical course of action or a belief, whatever, whatever you want to call it, and we act on it and we don't really give it a lot of thought. We don't really dig into, you know, what we really have done. And sometimes that's just also because life is busy, right? Especially right now. And we just, we don't happen to pause to consider something when we're doing it. But that's the reason I'm doing this podcast because this episode, because I want to give us that pause today. I want us to take these specific items out of our entrepreneurial toolkits and examine them closely and honestly and determine whether they should be used in this way. So the first one that I want to talk about is adding more stuff, adding more stuff to a service, to a course, to a program, just adding more things to something so that we can collectively, I'm, I'm saying we, uh, raise the price on it. And, and this is a fairly common concept, right? The question I want to pose here though is, is that stuff really serving our clients, whatever that stuff may be. And here's what I mean by that. So firstly, we need to keep in mind that our American culture says that more stuff equates to more value. That's the belief. The more things that there are, the more value that we have. I'm going to counter that by saying it can actually lead to less value and things like distraction. So one of my, I have a manifesto when it comes to putting together retreats. And one of the items on that manifesto is not having a jam-packed schedule, okay? This is an example of what I'm, I'm trying to talk about. Because a jam-packed schedule where your attendees are just constantly running from one thing to the other, it doesn't allow them to have rest in between what you know the actual things that are important it you know they're not without have that rest or that downtime they can't really process or take in or start to act on whatever is being taught and it doesn't allow them to connect with other people which is a huge reason why people go to in-person events the other reason that i am against jam-packed event schedules is because people don't need to be overwhelmed and stressed. And that's usually what happens when you have them, again, running around from one thing to another. And in the event space as a whole, like the American culture, a jam-packed event schedule is usually equated with value. The more things you have on the schedule, the more value is seen in the event. But my take on this is, my argument, I feel very valid argument is if you're taking your attendees who are I'm sure are arriving with your event with some level of tiredness, right? Even if it's just from traveling and you're making them more tired and more overwhelmed and more stressed and you're not allowing for time for them to take in what you're doing or to form connections or to make memories with people, you're not really truly giving them the full a full value, right? You're actually doing the opposite. So apply this line of thinking for a minute with me to the online space, because the thinking tends to be very similar, that the more materials, resources, calls, you know, sections to a course that are added to something means that the higher price tag is justified. It means that the thing that is being offered is therefore more valuable because it contains more stuff and thus can be priced 
higher. So an example of this would be, this is from my own personal experience that I bought a program where we, you know, everybody that was in it had access to several experts on different topics um, that were always available for us to ping online. There was always a few calls every week that uh, the schedule rotated where these experts would have open calls where you could ask questions. And then we had information available to us in Kajabi. And the value of this program, like a lot of programs, um, is often toted as is kind of a one-stop shop as well as saying that they, you know, they cover all of these gamuts, but what they can actually or also provide is stress, overwhelm, and distraction. I mean, just think about this with me for a second, okay? Let's, let's dig into this a little bit more deeply. Just like in our personal lives, as entrepreneurs or business owners, we have seasons. So in any given amount of time, be it days, weeks, months, whatever, we're executing certain things, we're overcoming certain challenges, we're just, we're just focusing on specific items. So in other words, in that season, again, however long it is, we need specific help. In addition to that, we're also currently living in a world where our time and energy is being consumed by things like social media, uh, we also just have busy lives, especially if you have like children or you're a caretaker. There's other things that are requiring our time and energy, and we're living in a we're living in a time where a lot of people are just feeling stressed and overwhelmed, and there's a lot going on. So, based on those two truths, I would then logically contest that what we don't need is to invite more distraction and more information that while that information can be interesting and helpful in, in general, it, it doesn't necessarily pertain to the current season or challenge that somebody is going through. And so what we don't need is to feel more overwhelmed. We don't need to feel more stressful, especially when we, you know, when we spend a lot of money on a program and we feel, for example, using going back to the program that I had bought in, you know, you were free to attend whatever calls that you wanted to, but when you spend so much money on a program, then you kind of feel like you're not getting your money's worth if you don't show up or you feel as if you're missing out or you're missing something. And so you're adding these calls to your already busy schedule and being on them while the information might be helpful in general to know might not be pertaining to whatever it is that you are going through or what your challenges are right then as an entrepreneur. This is the same for, again, if it's a, a service, if it's a program, if it's a course. Uh, I think this is very common in courses um, that w there's just this idea that if there's a ton of sections, that it, it makes the value better, but it can actually make it overwhelming, right? Again, value is often defined as quantity, not quality, right? And this is, in, this is including in the entrepreneurial space. Value is often defined as quantity, not quality. So the thinking is that the more stuff is included, the more one can charge. 
But again, the question I think we really need to step back and ask ourselves is, is the stuff that we're including really truly helpful? Because personally, I'm a huge advocate for quality over quantity. You hear me, hear me zero in on that on numerous topics. And, and I want to kind of illustrate this because think of it this way. We'll use myself as an example. So if you wanted to host a retreat, how much more value do you think you'd get from hiring a retreat planner, aka me, who specializes in that one area for entrepreneurs than if you hired a typical traditional event planner, right? Because my expertise is more in depth because my specialty is more niche. And guess what? That holds amazing value and I can bring better results, which means I can totally charge adequately for that, right? Now, if that example seems too self-serving, consider consider someone like Pia Silva. She and her husband uh, own a company where they specialize in helping entrepreneurs unearth their unique brand identity, what makes them different, and then they create their website and other brand assets. And that's all that they do. So you can better believe that if you hire them, you're going to benefit from such an insanely deep well of information and experience because that's their one focus. It's what they eat, breathe, and sleep, right? Now, in saying this, I'm not saying we can't add extra value to a program and service. I'm not even saying that we all have to zero in and have a very focused niche. What I am saying is, though, is that we just need to make sure that whatever we are off we are offering actually serves our clients and that we need to be more cautious as buyers ourselves. But as entrepreneurs, we want to make sure that whatever we're adding to our course or a service or a program, we're not just falling into that line of thinking of if I put more stuff in it, that makes it more valuable and I can up the price tag. If it's not really truly serving our clients and whatever area we're an expert in, we shouldn't add it, right? And it doesn't mean you can't add more value. Maybe you just need to add value in a different way. It doesn't need to be more stuff. Maybe you need to go more deeper into whatever you're doing um, or just design it in a way where they're getting value that's still aligned with whatever challenge they're having in that season. All right, so that's number one is adding the stuff. Number two, let's take a moment or so to talk about group programs. So kind of like adding more stuff, uh, for again, for lack of a better phrase, this is also fairly common, right? So the idea is that we start out with offering our individual one-to-one services, and then eventually when we want to up-level our business slash income, we put together a group program. And then since the clients are getting this added community because it's a group program, it's often, not always, but often seen as a justification for a higher price. Because the thinking is that the members who are buying into this have other people for support who are going through the same exact thing at the same time, thing being the program or service or whatever it is. And then the business thought behind this is that the entrepreneur only handle can only handle so many one-on-one clients, right? Because there's only so many hours in the day and so many days in a week. And so by creating a group program, and this is seen as the next step to up-leveling, because several people can receive your services at the same time, 
because you're having group calls instead of one-on-one -on -one calls, for example, and that increases your profitability in a kind of logistical, efficient way, let's call it. Now, <laughs> I always feel like I have to sort of disclaimer things. Uh, I'm not saying group programs are bad or that they don't have their place, okay? However, I do want to offer up a couple of thought-provoking questions for consideration when we're thinking about doing group programs. So first and foremost, I just want to throw out there, if a group program is priced higher than an individual service, and this isn't, you know, again, this isn't the same with everybody across the board, but it does exist. If a group program is priced higher than a one-to-one -one service, does that truly make sense? So let's, let's hit pause and think about this for a second, because if we think about most other areas of business and life, the one-to-one -one support time with an expert is usually seen as the, like, the creme de la creme, right? Because you're getting that expert's undivided attention, you're getting customized help, their, their support or their guidance or their teaching is being tailored to meet your specific needs and you're not sharing them, or at least your time with them, with anybody else, right? You're not fighting to get their attention. Um, you know, if you have an hour with them, it's your hour to spend with them. So it's very interesting to me that sometimes the added community of a group program is used as a reason to raise the price. And again, that's because the, the idea is that now the the you know, every client or member has a, you know, a, a number of other people going through at the same time that they have quote unquote community. But what we also need to keep in mind is that that depends on what kind of community that exists. And this is actually the second question I want to put up on this topic about pr group programs, because if you're, you're raising the price tag on something because it offers community, what is the community really? What kind of community is it? Uh, because I shared in, as I shared in the previous episode, not all communities are created equal. You know, is the entrepreneur purposely cultivating this community? Is it one where people are truly helping each other? Uh, is it mostly just about everybody kind of like selling to one another? Is that what the culture is like of the community? Um, is it just being added on without really thinking about it, right? In any case, you know, if a client has to share the expert's time with other clients and deal with a group dynamic, so like, you know, like an introvert in a group of extroverts, for example, it can actually lessen the experience than if it were one-on-one, -on -one, right? If it's, if you have a, you know, five people in a group program, just to keep this as a simple example, and all four of them are heavily extroverts and one of them is a super introvert, it's going to be very difficult on every group call for that introvert to probably get the maximum out of that experience, even if they're pushing themselves out of their comfort zone because they're still contending with four extroverts, right? So it's kind of like the deck is already stacked against them. And, and unless you as an entrepreneur have some sort of intake form where you're, you know, you're asking that question to see where everybody falls on the scale and then you can make sure that that introvert is getting adequate time on the call. It's just, it's not going to help with that person's value, right? 
group programs have a completely different dynamic. So even though they have quote unquote community, it's changing the experience for the person, right? So again, so why, let's just ask ourselves collectively, why are group programs sometimes seen as requiring a higher price tag? Does that really make sense? This is just a question I want each of us to ask ourselves, right? And also, let's also ask first and foremost, is a group program really the best solution for our clients? Because everybody's niche is different. Everybody's expertise is different. Everybody's community is different. How we are all wired and run our businesses is different. So for some, it might make complete sense. But for some others of us, maybe not so much. Maybe what we do really requires us to work one-on-one -on -one with our clients. I just don't want us all to automatically tell ourselves that a group program is the next step to up-leveling our businesses. Or for us to just kind of focus or zero in on the money or profitability aspect to the point where we kind of lose sight of whether what we're doing actually makes sense. Like we all want to have successful and profitable businesses. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But we all also want to serve our clients in the best possible way. And for some of us, that might mean staying with one-on-one -on -one services and just adding value that makes sense for that particular route and raising the price accordingly because we're adding that aligned value. And that's just one example, but again, the big idea here is we shouldn't just assume that creating or even joining as a buyer, a group program makes the most sense. We, we need to take some time to really examine that option first. All right, last but not least, we have covered adding the stuff, we have covered group programs, and for a few minutes, I wanna talk about just adding community in general. This, this isn't necessarily the same as having a group program, but it can be kind of similar, so I just wanna pull this one out for a, a minute. This can mean something like offering access to a Facebook group so clients can ask you know, the expert or entrepreneur questions or get support from others who happen to already be in the group. And sometimes this is completely fine. I just want to offer up, though, that the gray area in this, though, can be when it comes to the emphasis of community. Uh, because in the last episode, episode 21, I talked about how putting a different, you know, putting a different spin on what our communities look like, right? We need, as Relay Escape Business, to kind of define and cultivate them in a different sort of way because we want different results. We want to make a deeper impact. And of course, that's something that can't just happen. We need, again, to define and cultivate it and all that good stuff that I talked about in the last episode. So my point is that we need to be honest with ourselves, first of all, about what our communities currently look like how they act or how people interact, I guess is a better way to put it, how we're leading them, how involved are we in them, right? And secondly, we need to be honest with our clients, our potential clients. And by that, I mean, as I shared again in the last episode, I think social media has really diluted what words like community mean, okay? So you know, words like community and group and friend, they've, we've kind of lost the true meaning of those words because social media has changed them, right? So I'm not talking about us blatantly lying or, you know, 
fudging that with our sales copy and saying we're offering community when we truly know that we don't. I think sometimes we just say community without really taking a moment to think about what our community is, right? Because we're all yearning for deeper connections and people are pretty Facebooked out right now. So I just want us to be, I just want us to be honest about what our community looks like and what it's really worth to somebody and then to price accordingly and to do our copy accordingly. Like, just be honest with people. Um, that's, that's all I'm asking when it comes to community, right? Because again, the connotation of that word, I think, has lost the core of its real meaning. Um, and I just want us to get back to doing that because Again, as related escape businesses, we really want to have those deep connections with people, or at least those, they all don't have to be super deep with every single person, but we want to have deeper than just superficial. We want to have real connections because that's how we truly impact people and thus the world, right? It's through relationships. It's the foundation below what we offer, below what we content we put out. That's the core. And so I just want us to be um, honest and careful when we talk about our communities and the way of using it as a selling point. Um, because I think, again, especially in a time where we're all kind of Facebooked out and we're all tired of being in 50 Facebook groups, which I think a lot of time Facebook group is just kind of used as the norm for community. Uh, I say that in quotes. Um, we might need to put a different, a different spin on that or just don't place it as a high as value depending on what that group looks like and how often we're actually in it so again this is not a guilt trip episode this is not what i like to call a poo poo episode about the entrepreneurial space or ourselves but i as in a really escape business and i know that a lot of you listening are as well i just wanted to dive into this issue of value because i think in a lot of ways, what is considered value is not where it should be. We can do a much better job and we can actually be leading the way and changing what value looks like in our space, right? We can be the ones that say, all right, we're not going to do this whole, you know, courses that are so, uh, have so many sections and so much information that it's overwhelming just to open them let alone try to go through and digest what it has to offer right we're going to move away from that we're going to move away from assuming that we all have to have a group program because it just makes it easier for us to have one call with five people than to have five calls right it's not necessarily the best step for our business Right, we need to, to dig deep and ask ourselves these honest questions about what's best for not just us, but for our clients and how we can arrange things and be forerunners in that in our space to say, hey, we're gonna start at we're gonna dig into real value. We're gonna move away from all of the stuff and go to just getting deeper into what we're offering. And we're going to we're going to still have a profitable business. We're still going to charge what we're worth. We're not going to walk away from our dreams, but we're we're going to make these things align in a way that makes sense for everybody. 
So that is where I will leave you in this episode. And I am (laughs) so excited for some things that are coming up in the previous episodes. But for now, I'm going to sign off. And I, I hope wherever you are, you are safe and well. And lady friend, I will definitely be back to talk to you soon. All right, bye for now. Hey lady, very briefly before we go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you gleaned a ton of wisdom and comfort, maybe even some confirmation from it. And I want to ask your help in getting this podcast into the hands or phones of more women just like you. So if you could, please just hop over on iTunes and leave a short review and let other women know what you have enjoyed or gotten out of this podcast. I might even read it on the air, you never know, but it's my goal to help as many entrepreneurs as possible and your words, as always, could be powerful in achieving that. Thanks and look forward to seeing you next time.